Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Tech Strong TV and welcome to Tech Strong Women, which is our regular series dedicated to celebrating women in technology and not just uh, the fact that they're women in technology, but what they're actually doing in technology and uh, taking a look at their successes and their challenges, obviously, and uh, how we together are rising up the collective profile of women in the technology space. Today, I have the pleasure. I, first of all, I'm Charlene O'Hanlon. I'm the host of Tech Strong Women. My co-host, Tracy Bannon, unfortunately, is not able to join us today, but we do wish her well, and hopefully she'll be with us uh, on the next episode of Tech Strong Women. But today, I have the distinct pleasure of having uh, Rebecca. How do you pronounce your last name, Rebecca? I know I'm going to mess it up if I, I say Okay, great. So <laughs> thank you very much for being here, Rebecca. You are the founder, chief product officer at QSecure. So uh, tell, tell me a little bit about your company. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Charlene. Um, really happy to be here. At, so QSecure, what, what we do is um, there's this coming uh, threat that is quantum computing to all public key cryptography. So kind of cybersecurity as we know it is... Um, is threatened in a very real, uh, very real way. And so what we do at QSecure is uh, we provide solutions for enterprise and for government to protect data networks uh, against this, this incoming threat. Mm. Um, and we do it in a way that kind of makes this very necessary upgrade, easy, accessible, and, and seamless. So yeah, that, that's what we do at QSecure. That's pretty cool. So uh, quantum computing. Quantum computing. So yeah, what, what the heck is quantum computing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the way that I always like to uh, describe it, because you know, we, if you've heard of quantum computing, you might have Googled it and seen an explanation about ones and zeros and ones and zeros at the same time. Um, but it's, it's never really a satisfying explanation. So the way that I always love to, to, to explain it is, you know, if you imagine that you're trying to solve a maze, and you enter into this maze and you can go right or left, right? And so you choose right, choose left. Um, and you hit another T, right or left again. Mm -hmm. And it's this iterative process. You know, you, you've been in a corn maze or something. And it's this iterative process. And hopefully, ultimately, you find your way through the maze. Um, and it's the same with a, a classical computer. A uh, classical computer is what you and I use. And it's what I'm on right now. Um, so in the, in the quantum world, that's a classical computer. Uh, so a classical computer thinks in kind of the same way that we do, right? It, you know, it's, it's trying to find a path through this maze. Uh, it enters, it, it hits its first T and it can go right or left, right? You know, next T, right or left. And it's, uh, even if you run it in parallel, it's this kind of iterative process where you mm -hmm. ultimately uh, find a path out. Now quantum, in a quantum realm, uh, what this one and zero at the same time means is a quantum computer enters a maze. And uh, it hits its first T and it can go right and left at the same time. And once again, right and left at the same time and again and again and again. And that's really the power of um, the way that a quantum computer thinks. And it can look at all these possible combinations and all these possible different paths through a maze. And, you know, you can extend a maze out to different kinds of AI problems or traveling salesman problems, these different things. Um, and the, the cleverness of quantum algorithms means that you can chop off the wrong paths and instantly find the most optimal path through this maze. 
Um, so, uh, you know, that's really, really cool for a lot of, a lot of areas. We can do some really revolutionary chemistry. Um, we can do some really revolutionary things in AI. And of course, um, this, you know, thanks to something called Shor's algorithm, this means that uh, public key cryptography as we know it is kind of is toast. Uh, so, <laughs> so that's quantum computing in a nutshell. That's, uh, that, yeah. It's it's really fascinating to me to to hear about quantum computing and the way that that you know that, that you've described it because it, it seems so like I don't know nebulous. It's like it's really kind of hard to kind of pin down exactly what quantum computing is unless it's like one of those things like you know, I don't know what it is but I know what it is. You know, it's I'll, I'll know it when I see it. I you know. <laughs> But but it's it, it doesn't it's not a field that, you know, you just don't hear too much about these days. So what was it about quantum computing that drew you to it? Yeah, sure. So for me, um, you know, I studied I studied kind of in the AI field. And um, one of the things I'm really passionate about is the, the ethical side of technology. So I worked in AI for a while and um you know, in part because it's it's becoming ubiquitous, right? We have technology at our fingertips all the time. So, um, how do we how do we kind of build things that that help uh, help advance humanity and advance uh, advance what we can do? And at a certain point in I think 2018, my current co-founder Skip, um, we ended up kind of at an event together, and and he started talking about quantum computing, and he'd just written a book about quantum computing. And, uh, and I'd never heard of it before. Mm -hmm. And so I, I started to dive in and it, it became really clear really quickly that this is the next generation. This is, this is what's next for AI. This is what's next for technology. It's going to make so many things that we, um, we dream about in an advanced tech possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's such early days in quantum computing that the ability to be at the very forefront of it is incredibly exciting and to be able to shape it uh, in a positive direction. And, and of course, a, a huge piece of that uh, is the cybersecurity piece. So how do we ensure that our data is protected going into the future? And it's not just because this, this quantum computing threat is, is coming down the pipe in the next several years, but it's also because data, the way that it's protected today, uh, one sort of main thing that, that uh, I guess one avenue of attack is data harvesting. Mm -hmm. And if you harvest data that's uh, properly encrypted today, uh, if you, that data has a shelf life, right? If that data is health records or bank account information or, or sensitive information, you want to make sure that that's protected in the future. So it needs to be properly encrypted and secured today to ensure that we we retain our privacy, that we um, we maintain the integrity of that really important data. So that's why that's why getting ahead of it is very important. Very, very cool. And, and I imagine you are probably um, one of the uh, few females in the room or even in the in the quantum computing space right now. I mean, it's, uh, you know, certainly not something that uh, kind of cropped up on my, uh, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? It was not one of the choices that right, was uh, right. made available to me. So how did you, you know, it's, it's like, how, how do you deal with that? I mean, it, it's, it, it can be a difficult conversation sometimes, I'm sure. It's, you know, it's so true. And um, back in school, you know, the, the, the balance is really still not, not quite 
equal. So, you know, you're, you're one in eight women in computer science or mm-hmm. my major was symbolic systems. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that still translates into, into the working environment, especially when it, it comes to something like cybersecurity or quantum. Um, it, shout out to a lot of really awesome women who are in the quantum game space. Uh, so we have an advisor, Sarah McCarty. She's like a world expert in, um, in post-quantum cryptographic algorithms. She's awesome. Um, Jessica Pointing over at uh, MIT, I believe. She's got, you know, all the advanced degrees from all the incredibly top universities. Um, Julie Love heading up operations at Microsoft and Quantum. So a ton of really, really cool women. But yes, of course, uh, when it comes to, you know, who's who's kind of deep in this, it's it's primarily uh, primarily reflective of, of software engineering generally. Um, you know, it, it, it can be challenging walking into a room and, and often being the only woman in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you you have the extra, uh, you have extra expectations and you'll sometimes get challenged in ways that you might not get challenged in if you're, um, you know, if, if you weren't a woman or if you looked more like everyone else in the room. So I think you have this pressure to really perform at or above uh, what other people are expected to perform. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, yeah, I'm, I would love to see more, more women. And I think one way uh, I love speaking out because, because, you know, I think women need to see more people that look like them in this space and, and get inspired. Uh, I think starting early too, like you were saying, you know, when you're a kid, you want to be a, a fireman or firewoman, uh, you want to be a, you know, astronaut or doctor. So I think having these role models really early on is, is incredibly important. Um, and that sort of feeds into to, to something else you were saying, right? Quantum is this unintuitive field and, um, you know, something that Jack Hittery of, uh, of Sandbox or formerly Google X Quantum said is if we can get this, if we can get um, quantum physics taught early, if we can get linear algebra, which is, you know, math, the math that, that's really important in this space. Uh, if we can get those taught before calculus and before plastic physics, if we can get it really early on and get, get people to start thinking in those terms, uh, we could start, you know, you could develop that intuition uh, naturally, right? And I think it's, it's the same for kind of thinking in these ways in, in the quantum space and also the same for, for getting more of a, a, a gender balance in the future. You hit on something there that that kind of makes me think a little bit Um, when we're talking about uh, just the whole STEM and STEAM movement in Mm -hmm. in school these days. There's so much emphasis on getting uh, getting females involved in science and technology and engineering and math. But I wonder if we actually might be kind of going about it in the wrong way. Maybe it's not about the the gender. Maybe it's more about the curriculum. Maybe we need to start mm-hmm. thinking about ways that, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's if it's a male or a female, but just getting the right uh, information in front of the, the, the students early enough so that they can make the decisions. Um, I think, and please tell me, you know, because obviously 
I'm I'm older and so I'm probably in, in a generation removed, but it seems like the conversations around technology and engineering uh, and science and math in school these days is a lot less gender specific than it used to be. Hmm. There are a lot more teachers who are now promoting uh, the, you know, basically equality, if you will, for lack of a better word um, in, in these, in, you know, basically steam for all steam for, you know, it's, Hmm not really just, just for, you know, for males or for females. And please, like I said, tell me if I'm wrong, but, but I, you know, I, I kind of feel like we are making some, uh, some progress in the educational system. Obviously it's not half as, as where, where it really should be. Um, but, uh, but I think iteratively we are making some progress. Yeah. No, I absolutely think so. Um, it's, you know, as opposed to, a decade or two ago, um, even when I was in school, right? Mm-hmm. I think the getting to getting to parity, getting uh, promoting women and sort of non non typical um, people into into STEM and STEAM is just at the forefront, which I think it mm-hmm. wasn't before. Uh, and there's so many initiatives, and there there's so much good happening. And um, hopefully, you know, ho- hopefully we'll start to see those numbers sort of advancing from elementary to high school to college to the work world. Um, I really do do hope to see that. Um, I think, you know, it, it's funny. I so when you're in the early days of a startup, right, you you're you're not making money. You're kind of you're, you're putting it all in. You're putting it all on the table. So in in, in my early days, several years ago, when we were starting out Secure, I was um, tutoring for kind of on the side to, to, to support it. And uh, I just, I always remember these two students that I, that I tutored, um, brother and sister. And they started out when they were six and eight years old, I think. And so the girl was younger, mm-hmm. six years old. And uh, I was tutoring them in computer science. And the brother, and this is of course anecdotal, but I always mm-hmm. felt like it, it was representative. Uh, the brother was, you know, he jumped right in. He was not afraid to to make mistakes and kind of just go for it. And he progressed really, really quickly. Um, and the the girl, you know, the six year old, I worked with them for a couple of years. And the the six year old, even though she was really young, and this wasn't that long ago, she was already nervous. Uh, mm. You know, you could tell that she already kind of had the message that computer science wasn't for her. And you know, it's it, it isn't for everyone, right? You might be more of a, a, a language person. You might be, you know, there, everyone has a specific genius, and it's okay if it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had already kind of absorbed the message that it wasn't for girls. Is is what I took away from that. And, you know, she was very afraid to make mistakes. She was very afraid to, um, kind of put her, put herself into it and, uh, mm-hmm. and look, look silly. And that, you know, that, that was sad for me. And I tried to encourage her and kind of, you know, motivate her by saying, I'm not going to correct. I'm not going to check it off as right until you, uh, until you've made three mistakes or something like that. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it does speak to how we do have to really, um, get ahead of it early. And, and I think there's still some work to do in terms of we can promote, you know, getting women, um, and, and other diversity into STEM and STEAM. Uh, but sometimes that also gives the message that you are different. Um, you know, you as a woman are different, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it points out that you are, you know, you are different. So, 
I think, yeah, just making it more and more um, normal and, and giving women a, a, a safe place to, to start to learn, especially early on, is I think something we uh, we have to work towards. And here I thought we were doing so much better than we are. <laughs> yeah, <and that's- laughs> We're doing amazing. I, yeah. I meet so many strong, strong young women and, you know, it, I, I didn't want to kind of uh, poo-poo that. But yes, I think we, we're doing great and we still have some work to do. Well, I think, you know, the, the people who I who I speak with, such as yourself, you know, the, the, the women who do come on and, and um, especially the younger generation, they are strong. I mean, they are really they epitomize tech strong women. They're they're smart as a whip. They um, they're they're not afraid to step up and be that that mouthpiece, if you will, uh, for their, you know, for their gender. And um, and they they celebrate the fact that they are female. They are not they're not trying to hide behind, um, you know, who they are as as a, you know, as as a gender, as a male or as a female or, you know, trying to be to be more guy like mm-hmm. there, you know, I am, I am a female. I, you know, I'm in this space. I recognize that, you know, I, I may, I may not be, uh, you know, one of the many, uh, but I'm proud of where, who I am and where I am. And I think that's amazing. And, and I think it would be, uh, just so much better if, if we mm-hmm. could get, all the all females who are interested in IT to really, really think that way. And and, you know, whether that comes from the school, whether that comes from the home, whether that comes from your work environment, uh, you know, it, it's obvious that, you know, to your point, there's still work that needs to be done. So we are on the right track. And, you know, it, it, but I think it's so important that we really do, um, you know, collectively lift each other up and get that get that message out that it is OK to be a female in IT. And, and whether that comes from, you know, the home or, or school or, uh, you know, even in the workplace, it's always so very important to, you know, to 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 say those words and say it is, you know, it, it it's it's a great thing uh, to be, you know, a female in IT and be, you know, be proud of it. Really, I mean, I think for so long that the whole IT kind of moniker was, I hate to say, geeky, you know, and and you know, people are like, I, I don't want to be considered a geek, and so I think honestly, I think that's why there were, you know, a lot of females who were who were kind of shied away from being in the space because they didn't want to be labeled as such. Mm, totally. Yeah. No, I, I I love what you're saying. Just it it brings to mind this um the chief data officer at Franklin Templeton. She's uh she's just like incredibly fashionable. And we we talk a lot about um this topic. And she yeah, she's just kind of fabulously fashionable and, and walks into the room and and you know she's she is uh, deeply, deeply technical and she's leading a deeply, deeply technical part of a Fortune 500 company. Um, but it, it, it's very true. You know, if we're trying to be um, it, for for so long, there there has been this message that you got to kind of conform and be tough and, 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 you know, all these different sort of masculine things. But if you're trying to be something you're not, you're not coming from a, a place of, you know, as much power as you can be. So I, I think that's absolutely true. What we bring is is all very unique and and uh, the message is that it's okay to be a woman, uh, whatever that means, and and bring your full self to work, is uh, is is totally true. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the, the whole education aspect as well. I think goes well beyond just 
just school. Uh, and, and it really should, I think, move more into the workplace. And we've talked on Tech Strong Women in the past about the importance of mentorship and having the right mentors and, and having that, you know, the, the right conversations about being a, a female in IT and, and or just, you know, just, just being a strong woman in general. Um, but, you know, and, and, and your mentor doesn't even have to be another female. It's, it's just really the, somebody who you can look up to and you can, you can uh, kind of use as a sounding board here and there and, and get, um, you know, get honest opinions and get honest learnings from as well. And I, I, I'm a strong believer in mentorship programs and, Wondering if you guys are, you know, if your company is or if you personally are involved in any sort of mentorship efforts, whether it's in in the office with the Boys and Girls Club or whatever, you know, what what, what are you doing as far as, uh, you know, the kind of like paying it forward, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hugely, hugely important. Uh, completely agree. I, you know, I've had mentors, both men and women um, who have who have lifted me up and taught me. Um, so many things about, you know, uh, that, that I belong and, and kind of how to, how to go forward as a, as a strong woman in business. Um, and I do, I love mentoring. Um, you know, I do a lot of talks and a lot of, um, education initiatives and, uh, take on a lot of interns as well. So, you know, as we're talking, I'm thinking about a current intern I have, she's a, she's a Stanford student. Um, and we talk about a lot of this stuff. Uh, pretty frequently. And, um, you know, I think, I think getting these, these messages, I, I have, and do currently benefit so much from the mentorship that I receive. And uh, I am, I love to pay it forward in any way that I can. That's great. That's great. So I want to kind of turn the conversation a little bit to how you label yourself. You Mm. call yourself a technology ethicist. Is Mm. that correct? Yes. What is that? What, what do you mean by that? Because, you know, it's it's not something that just kind of rolls right off the tongue. Right. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, it, so it, going back to, to what we were talking about before, technology is everywhere. You know, you and I are on computers right now. We've got phones, probably you know, I've got mine right here. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I. Um, uh, I studied studied AI and it, it brings up a lot of these big questions of, well, you know, you got to think about psychology and, uh, and cognitive science and, and what is a, what is a thinking thing? What, what's a human being, right? And you got to, you know, in order to translate that into thinking about how you build uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence. And it, a lot of those, those classes really um, got to me in a deep way. And uh so if technology is so you know ubiquitous, if it's if it's part of our lives, I think it's so incredibly important to be thinking about how to build it and direct it in a way that is going to augment us, that's going to kind of enhance our abilities and and our humanity. Uh, it, instead of you know just it, it could easily be going the other way, things that that just sort of sell things to us, right? That's kind of a big use case for tech. Um, so. It, it, got really into the, the ethics side of things. So, um, you know, I've, I've done a number of things from uh, help 
author uh, exams and, and curriculum for um, for college courses and um, technology ethics certifications and that kind of thing. Uh, getting people excited about it because there there is a lot that we can we can do. Um, and most recently, I worked with the World Economic Forum to author some governance principles for a, for quantum computing development because again we you know maybe we weren't thinking about a lot of these things early on in in classical computing how to shape it and what some of the use cases might mean for for us right in the 1960s we didn't know that we'd all have smartphones right. uh, <laughs> but with quantum it, we, we still don't know all of the use cases that are going to emerge um, and same with AI but we still have this ability to to really shape it in a direction and to get ahead of it. And, you know, both at sort of the individual contributor level uh, at the um, management level, you know, if you're leading teams uh, and of course at the governance level. And that's, that's the, the latest piece that, that we worked on was advice for governments, universities, uh, nonprofits. How do you think about quantum computing development and how do you make it, uh, you know, one, accessible to people. How do you bring everybody into the fold? And this gets back to a lot of our conversation about um, women and, and diversity. How do you how do you encourage people from all diverse backgrounds to, to get in and contribute to this thing? Um, because the more representation we have in that, the more it will be shaped around everybody rather than a select few. Uh, you know, how do we make sure that use cases uh, are positive, um, that they push science forward, uh, that, you know, maybe we can uh, address sustainability as well. And then, of course, the cybersecurity and privacy piece is, is huge. Um, on one hand, we have the, uh, the known threat of quantum computing as it, as it applies to data networks and data encryption. Um, on the other side, we have quantum computers that are coming along and they're going to be able to really intensely analyze data in a way that we're not familiar with. So um, how do we understand how to protect people um, and empower people with that data rather than uh, the, the other way around? Yeah. And that, and that also kind of brings up questions, you know, not, not only with from an ethical point of view, but also from kind of more of a, almost like a human point of view, you know, it's like, where do you draw the line? Um, you know, what, what, what makes something good and, and, and something, you know, just kind of like hands off. And, and so I, I think having that kind of ethical uh, perspective, if you will, uh, when it comes to something, especially as, uh, as big as quantum computing, no pun intended there. Uh, it, it seems like, you know, having that that kind of more human perspective, uh, you know, what the implications are to having this technology uh, and and what it what it's capable of doing and not doing, I, I think is is so very important. And it really is kind of the next milestone, I think, in technology. We really need to bring a lot more kind of humanity into technology. Ethics, obviously, is a very large part of that conversation. Uh, and and I, I don't think we're having enough of those conversations yet when it comes to ethics and understanding the implications of, you know, privacy and uh, how much, you know, how much information about you is out there and how people can use it and abuse it. And, and, you know, just 
we, we need to, we need to have some of those hard conversations because right now they're not happening and they're starting to kind of bubble up. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I wonder, do you think that's going to be kind of the next, uh, the, the next big conversation, if you will? You know, I really, really hope so. And, uh, to your point, it's, it can get kind of hairy, right? So, you know, where do you draw the line? Good, bad. Um, and of course, you know, maybe there is no line, right? Um, it's all contextual. And so, uh, cybersecurity is one of the sort of low hanging pieces of fruit, right? Data privacy is important. We can, we can pretty much all agree on that. Um, <laughs> but, but you're right, you know, in, in a lot of these exercises where I work with other people working in on the ethics side, it's, you get into a lot of kind of nuanced conversations. Um, and I think the most important thing for me is, you know, not, not necessarily the, the philosophical exercise, although I think that's very important, but just that people are talking about it and thinking about it and it, and it's on people's radar to, to sort of think, you know, Hmm, actually, you know, when I'm building this thing or when I'm architecting this thing, um, or when I'm using this thing, right. I'm using this service. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of, you know, it's, it's in the back of my mind. I'm thinking about ethics I'm thinking about my impact or the impact of this thing, or, you know, the impact this thing has on me. What does this mean for my data? What does this mean for um, the people who are using this? And so I think just, yeah, period, it, you know, in, I think the average person, um, we can just short, uh, to some degree, we can, we can short circuit all those uh, debates and just say, if everyone's thinking about this, if everyone starts to to think a little bit more deeply, and this is context that you go into to, to technology with, that's a huge win. And I, I think you're right. You know, I, I think this is the more and more people are talking about this, um, even from five years ago. And I think it's going to be at the very, very forefront of uh, how we move forward. And I do hope that, you know, it doesn't take a big, huge data breach or, um, you know, some event to, to make us really pay attention and, and, and talk about these things. Well, I hope you're right. I mean, I, I hope it doesn't take a very large event, uh, although I will say that we are a stubborn species. And so I think it actually may take a big event before we actually do have the big conversations right. because they're hard. I mean, these conversations are very hard to have and they really kind of make you feel uh, you, you, I mean, you kind of have to bring your whole self into these conversations. Mm. Right. You know, and, and, and I don't think really people want to do that. I think people are, for the most part, they're very guarded about how they want to, you know, how much they want to share, even though they share everything on Facebook. But, you know, when it comes to actually their authentic self, mm. I think people are very reticent to share uh, that, that kind of information. And so, yeah. Uh, which is kind of ironic considering the conversation they need to have has to be as, <laughs> as authentic as possible. Hey, it's uh, a very human problem for sure. Yeah. 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 So, so, so where do we go from here then? Where do we go from here? Well, it's <laughs> a great question. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting, getting ahead of it, I think, um, getting people talking, you're totally right. It's a, it's a hard conversation to have. It's, it's, um, we're often not incentivized to be authentic. Right. Um, so, you know, I think creating those, those spaces where it's, it's okay. Um, one thing that we've done at QSecure is be really intentional about culture and the culture that we promote. Um, and, you know, we've even brought in um, consultants to kind of, as we grow and scale, you know, how do we um, make sure that we're creating culture? And Google, I think, did this, this original study of what makes the most productive teams. And it's 
so something I think they called psychological safety. Uh, so, you know, to your point, how do you how do you get people to feel uh, feel secure in in expressing what might be a, a controversial or not? You know, we might all be thinking that that an opinion we have is controversial, but it might also just be what everyone's secretly thinking. Um, so, I think, uh, and I see this more and more. You know, creating creating cultures both in academia, in schools, in, in, uh, in office spaces where we can talk about these things um, and where it's from the top made a, made a priority. Um, I, one thing that I uh, have been working on because I, um, I had a product is product management is more and more a really important role in technology companies. Mm-hmm. Um, they've we've put together a sort of product management tool that's an ethical product management tool so at the design phase at the research phase at the architecture phase at the build and test phase what do you what can you start thinking about in terms of the, the product management checklist of okay here you know we've, we've considered this we've considered this we've considered this make it sort of easy to have that conversation that is cool. That is cool. Because if you think about it, the, the, the regular kind of product roadmap, if you will, it's all about the technology. It's all about the user experience. It's all, it's all about this. But there, there's not that, you know, what happens if this, you know, kind of that if this, then that kind of conversation about, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the implications of, um, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I love the fact that, that you guys are kind of building that into that. That's, 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 that is a nifty thing. I, yeah. Make it easy. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I think we just kind of hyper-focus too much on the technology itself. We don't actually think about, you know, kind of the impact of that technology. And, and so there are situations in which, um, you know, we're, we're kind of un, un, getting blowback from, from that you know, kind of mm-hmm. hyper-focusing, but hopefully we'll, oh, you know, I, I, again, I love the fact that you consider yourself a technology ethicist. And I wonder if, if, you know, maybe this is a movement. I, you, do you think we're going to have more technology ethicists uh, in the mix? I, I hope so. Yeah. I see more and more classes on it. Um, so people, I think people are going to start thinking about it earlier. And um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, once once we get to to uh, to scale, and I'd love to bring some on the team dedicated to it. Um, so I, yeah, I think at least a little bit we're going to see it more and more. I and I wonder uh, if you what the ranks will be of technology ethicists. I mean, you know, the mm-hmm. the ratios of males to females. It seems like it's um, more of a kind of a. a I don't want to call it a softer skill, but it certainly is less, um, uh, you know, tech. Well, I don't want to say technological because that's that's totally untrue. But, you know, it's it seems like something more that that, you know, a, a female would think more about than than perhaps a male. And I know that's completely stereotyping and I apologize for saying that. But there are certain things that that, you know, females do tend to think about more than males do. And so the ethics of a technology, to me, in my mind, would be one of those things. So I, I wonder if, uh, you know, it, as, as the ranks do grow of technology ethicists, I wonder, uh, you know, what, who's, who's actually going to be yeah. uh, filling those ranks? No, I, I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. I think, you know, to, to be a technology, technology ethicist and think about these things, 
um, empathy is a, is a good superpower to have. And I think women can naturally bring that strength a lot of the time. And, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm glad you, I was thinking empathy. I didn't want to say it, but I'm glad you said it because because uh, that's you know that's that's kind of the kind of the go to feeling, if you will, or the go to right. superpower. I love that word superpower right. for females. Right, right. So great, great stuff. So so what's what's uh, what's on tap for your company? Oh, you guys- wow. Um, so we've had a um, lot of really incredible advancements in the last couple months. Uh, so the. Uh, President Biden in January and also in May released two separate executive memos saying, hey, government, hey, government agencies, you need to make this upgrade to post quantum cryptography. Essentially, you know, all of our data, you need to make sure it's protected from from quantum. There's a there's a lot of kind of international dynamics at play here. And so um, national security is kind of very, very interested in making sure that um, things are, you know, regular attack proof plus quantum proof. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that has sort of pushed forward our industry uh, a ton. And so we've started to um, or continued to work really closely with those uh, those sectors. So a lot of government traction uh, and we'll, we'll be deploying there. And of course, it means for really highly regulated industries, um, especially those that do contract with the government, uh, finance, et cetera, those industries are following suit. So it's a really exciting time to be uh, working in this space. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think things are just going to really grow really, really fast from here. We're already seeing it. Uh, no, no sleep for the, the weary. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think uh, I think so. Government's really getting on it. And I think we'll, we'll be seeing more and more of it in the news. And uh, that's that's what I'm excited about. Oh, well, that's that's great. And and uh, I think what what you guys are doing is fascinating. And obviously you guys are in the sweet spot right now. Jennifer, I want to thank you for coming on and talking with me about, I'm sorry, not Jennifer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said Jennifer. I apologize. I'm going to say that again. Three, sorry, three, two. Becca, I want to thank you for coming on and talking to me about your company, about your viewpoints, about the ethics and technology and you know, everything else. It has truly been a great, great conversation. And I think what you guys are doing is really great stuff. So thank you so much for sharing it with us. Uh, Thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you for having me. All right. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Tech Strong Women. We will be back with another Tech Strong Women very soon, but uh, we'll also be back very soon with some more Tech Strong TV. So please stay tuned.